Welcome everybody in to another episode of the Shake and Blake Show, live from our bedroom here on this Sunday afternoon. We're recording this Blake Crawford alongside John Grove. John, we managed to get a road dub. The road we went dub. to Marble Slab after, and I'm sure they had some good eats. Um, but this was a tough, gritty win. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's just you know on a three-game winning streak on the home stretch of this season. I think we're getting hot at the right time. It's a good day to be a Wildcat. But uh, how are you doing? Oh, I, I'm always good, Blake. Especially after a win. I mean, and, and even more so a road win. I mean, uh, win, winning on the road is. I mean, it's one thing to win on the uh, to win on the road, but it's a whole different beast when you're winning on the road at in a Big Twelve venue. I mean. Just thinking about some of the home teams that have won uh, in Big in Big 12 play, about like 80-plus, 90-plus percent of a contest of a Big 12 this season. Um, K-State's got their third road win of a season. Um, they haven't really collected one since January 7th um, when they knocked out Baylor. Um, and it looked like it, as if that was going to be the same case, kind of hitting into the second half. K-State started pretty slow. They fell behind by eight points with 12 minutes to go. It would have been pretty easy to fold, but here we go again. K-State showed heart, grit, and determination, and in the game by outscoring Oklahoma State 28-13 to in the final 12 minutes. Um, just a lot, a lot of, uh, just a lot of heart shown by this, by this team without a doubt. Yeah, even though, I mean, you talked about the atmosphere a little bit, even though the student section of Oklahoma State may have had a little bit of trouble with their flag or their banner, um, you know, <laughs> having it upside down and not being able to stretch it out, uh, you definitely don't want to underestimate Gallagher Iba Arena. Although, I mean, yeah. John, there was a pretty good K State crowd. Um, you heard it on Twitter beforehand, and then it was really cool. I mean, vivid, I've, you know, you can hear it clearly on the broadcast near the end of the game. We're about to win. You hear the, you know, um, a big KSU chant um, like Willie would do, which was just super cool. Um, you know, really well-traveled crowds of Stillwater. Uh, and I know that meant a lot to Coach Chang and the players. They both talked about that in their post-game press conference. Well, I think, well, what uh, Manhattan to Stillwater is like three or four hours away, right? It's it's probably near, uh, closer to, to four hours away, but um, they traveled extremely well to Stillwater. I know a, a few um, few students have made but made a trip to Oklahoma State as well. I I think I saw I think I did uh, hear uh, see a tweet that uh, some of the people at Oklahoma State had to turn up the speakers to drown up the K State crowd uh, during the final timeout. <laughs> it it was it was uh, it was really cool to hear and then. Once when the teams exited, uh, went into the tunnels post game, uh, you got everybody kind of going along the aisles and giving him high fives. I, I thought it was just really cool, and I hope, I hope that's the case with uh, a lot of these home games uh, under Jerome Tang that we're gonna have. Uh, well, away from home games that we're gonna have under Jerome Tang, uh, just seeing the amount of K State fans that are gonna come out and support, uh, uh, for the road games. Yeah, we really do have some great fans, even though, you know, John, the Big 12 is going to expand and some of those trips um, could possibly get a little bit more difficult. Um, you're probably not going to be thousands of K-State fans going to Orlando um, once you're to watch K-State play. Um, but yeah, there's really well-traveled fans. Those are really great showing. Uh, before we get into any of like the details of this game, uh, just make sure you're following us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. Make sure you're following the podcast and leave a review as well if you feel so inclined. We'll be back live this Friday on Wildcat 91.9.
So 73 to 68 win in Stillwater over the Cowboys. We talked about it before, John. This was an Oklahoma State team that was desperate. They lost they three in a row. Desperate. It was a big talking point um, during the broadcast that, you know, Oklahoma State's one of Lenardi's last four teams in, um, and they really needed it. <clears throat> I mean, I think with this loss, they're actually, based on what I saw um, from the KU West Virginia game when they were showing stuff, Oklahoma State is actually the last team in the NCAA tournament, according to Joe Lenardi. So they're going to have to play even more desperate in their last two games and in the Big 12 tournament. But, I mean, this was a, a tough, gritty game. Um, you know, it wasn't easy. We were down at halftime for the third game in a row. Um, but given what had happened in the last two games, you had a little bit more confidence that we could pull that out. Um, obviously, the story kind of starting the second half of this game, John, was the fouls, you know, K-State's oh Oklahoma State's in the bonus by the 1445 mark. Um, you know, some of it's the refs. I think they started, they kind of got a little more ticky tacky um than they I felt like they were in the first half. I think some of it was our own fault. I think we were just be our aggression. We were being too aggressive at really weird times, I think. And some of the fouls were just really silly. Um, but this all kind of added up to around the I think the 10 minute mark. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, Jerome 10 gets teed up. After, you know, David Kassan makes a layup, um, apparently you could, you know, hear a slap. Um, Tang wanted to, you know, let his uh, frustrations known. He said, you know, he was being too demonstrative and he got teed up. He said he did it on purpose. You know, he's pulling a play out of the Bill Self playbook, getting the intentional tee to kind of um, motivate his team. And I worked. We outscored, Work. Oklahoma, it, we outscored Oklahoma State 24 to 15 post tee. Um, and I think there was a change in the, how the refs um, called the game. So it worked and it, it worked really well, um, you know, down the stretch, uh, Ish Masood and Keontae Johnson, both, they make back-to-back threes to give us a 65-60 lead. And we kind of just are able to barely hold on each in the game from there, uh, make a few free throws and hold out to win 73-68. to Yeah, it just looked as if a technical really sparked not just the K-State uh, K-State sideline, but it kind of, but to me, it kind of, it felt as if it kind of rattled the Big 12 officials a little bit since they kind of eased up on the calls after that. But um, K-State rattled off six straight points right, right afterwards, capped off by, of course, an, a three-pointer by Cam Carter to tie the ball game. And really the team's traded leads over the next few possessions before the pivotal stretch of three-pointers uh, came from Keontae Johnson and Shmasoon. Yeah, and I mean, we can go ahead and kind of get into some of the stats here. I mean, Marquise Nemo led the way again, scoring 22 points, uh, you know, eight assists. He did have seven turnovers. The turnovers thing, um, that wasn't just a Marquise Nemo thing. This kind of popped up for everybody. You know, 16 turnovers in this game. I mean, John, I can count at least three times. You know, you think of just apt, just like, you know, face palm turnovers where Desi Sills is passing it to the Oklahoma State bench. Marquise Noel's throwing it to Keontae Johnson just really poorly, and it goes out of bounds. Some of them were just, you know, really ones you wish you could have back. But I mean, all of all of this criticism being said, you get out of you get out of a Big Twelve road game with a win. You do it, however it takes. But hope to keep the turnovers down. You know, as the season goes on, or you know, in these last couple of games, we did win the rebounding battle, which you do like to see. Um, you know, Marquise Noel, he was a big part in the first half. Those last, um, he made the, the first two threes kind of helping us stay in this game. Um, you know, took a couple of deep shots. Uh, I don't think he made any of them this time around. Um, uh, but you know, you Marquise Noel's got to be Marquise Noel or he's, it's kind of an all or nothing thing. And it's just how he is. 
Well, well, I think, well, one of his threes was pretty deep. It was the one in which Keontae saved the, saved the ball from going out of bounds. He he threw it backwards. Gasson, Gasson Ben uh, caught it, handed it back behind to uh, Noel, and he took a pretty deep three. So that's that's really the one I could have thought up on the top of my head. But um, in regards to the turnovers, you, you want to talk about some of the turnover misuses that he had uh, was seven. But in the final 10 minutes, he only had one turnover. Uh, and he's been, and on top of that, but free throw shooting as well. Uh, I mean, it, it came to an end at 32 consecutive free throws. Um, but I believe right now he is 38 of 39 for up the past, uh, past five games. Either 38 or uh, 38 out of 39 or 37 out of 38. It's one of us two, but he, he has been, I mean, he was really the, 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 uh, leading, I, I should have said that better. He's a he's the true leader of this team. I mean, he's been extremely vocal, uh, and and for K State in some of these tight situations, um, he he asks questions to the upper players that may be hesitant to ask and demand a lot. Uh, and on top of that, uh, Jerome Tang, I believe he added uh, in his post game co- uh, press conference that it's great to have a point guard. Uh, in all the 40 minutes and and know what it's like to be in these type of crunch time situ- uh, crunch time moments. Yeah, he's a great guy to have with five minutes or less left in the game. I think Fran Fraschilla brought it up. He's like 95% plus from the free throw line with five minutes or less in the game. Uh, I thought it was really funny in the post-game press conference. Somebody asked Marquise, I don't know if it was an Oklahoma State guy, but they're like, you know, Caleb Asbury was guarding you for most of the game. You know, what kind of challenges did he present? He's like, well... I mean, I scored 22. He's like, well, he fouled me a lot and I got to the free throw line. And that was pretty much his entire answer. He's like, and I was just like, glad to get the win. It's like, man, way to just absolutely eviscerate this dude. That was a stupid question to ask anyway. When, you know, you score 22 and you get the win. But, you know, it is what it is. What made it, what what, what was the chef's kiss about it too was that it was on Asbury senior day, uh, senior day as well. (laughs) Uh, so I mean, just, just oh really pouring, uh, just milking it in there, uh, as well. Oh man. Yeah. Just to give him a good send off, uh, you know, Keontae Johnson getting more into the stats. Keontae Johnson had a great game, 17 points. He shot it really well. Um, but you know, that's just kind of a day at the office for Keontae Johnson. Uh, Desi Sills, if you look at his stats, you know, only 10 points, you know, he had a pretty solid game. But Mm -hmm. I think his impact, you know, kind of when you think about when he got his baskets and just the, you know, I think he played with a lot of his defense was really good, I think, in this game. But he had two of maybe the most important baskets in this game. He had that layup going into halftime to bring into a two point game, which was a huge momentum swing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, with two seconds left on the shot clock, we get a nice, you know, out of bounds set that we've done a few times. Desi beats his man and we get the layup. Um, which is another big momentum shift. So Desi Sills was a great guy. He's been in the starting lineup the last few games. He's really excelled in that role, uh, and he's been great to have for this team. Absolutely. Um, it looked as if early on in the first half, he was. it didn't look as if he was contributing a whole lot. Um, everybody's going to talk about the, the missed pass when you would have probably expected a Marquis Snowell in the corner, but he wasn't there, and uh, Desi Sills looks as if he was passing it to, I don't know what, uh, Casper, the friendly ghost or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but um, it, it, he really did come away with uh, the two uh, two biggest plays uh, with the turnover uh, late in the first half, f- final seconds, uh, and on top of that, the inbounds pass. And that, that is a little bit of a nugget as well. We've seen um, 
some some of the inbounds plays that are almost five seconds, and you know the coach has to call a timeout. Jerome Tang does a pretty good job at adjusting to some of these inbound passes because it looks as if every moment K-State has to attack the rim, um, they're just either going to find the likes of either um, Keontae Johnson or Desi Sills or one of the big men uh, to go inside. And uh, Desi Sills, I mean, it was a tough shot to get off as well. Um, he was able to deliver. It was he he had he had a uh, great finish to the game. It wasn't the best start, but uh, it was it was a good thing he was able to step up when K State needed him the most. Yeah, definitely he came up big time. Now on the Oklahoma State side, they obviously did, did a decent amount of things. Well, Caleb Boone did Caleb Boone things. You know, eighteen point seven of eleven from the field. He was just um, really tough to stop. And you got to give credit to you know <laughs> we we talked roasted Caleb Asbury a little bit earlier. But, you know, Caleb Asbury and uh, John Michael Wright, I think they, without Avery Anderson, Bryce Thompson did play in this game. Uh, he had a pretty solid game with 11 points. But I think what they were missing from their previous three losses was some step up and scoring from their guards. And, you know, they played really well, giving 13 and 12 points respectively. And, you know, they were the ones who kind of kept us in this game, them in this game and had them a lead for a decent amount of the game. But it felt like kind of just watching the game, John, they had a lot of moments. And those last 10 minutes of the second half, it felt like they had so many wide open threes. And oh, yeah. I feel like each one of them could have been a dagger just to be like, well, you know, we're screwed. But it feels like each time they put a shot, you know, they were five of 23 from three. They did not shoot it well from three. Absolutely they make a couple not. more threes. This is a different game. So I think that's a really big point for Oklahoma State. So many shots where, you know, they had a chance to kind of flip the switch and start running away with the game, but they just couldn't do it. Well, both teams heading heading into this matchup were just struggling on three. Oklahoma State was shooting, uh, was it thirty one percent from deep this year? If Oklahoma State would have shot that on Saturday, they would have likely made two more threes against K State in a game in which they lost by five, but they they ultimately didn't. Uh, they they went five for 21 percent from deep. Uh, but three point shooting hasn't been too bad from from an Oklahoma State perspective. Um, the Cowboys have shot 40% or better um, from deep in six games this season, and, and they have shot above 35% on 12 occasions as well. But um, for Oklahoma State's sakes, and you can't have this uh, down the stretch, uh, in these cr critical situations, uh, the pokes once again gone cold, uh, gone cold, and you just can't have that in these late opportunities, especially when we're hitting to when we're leaning towards March. and. Oklahoma State's still kind of on the bubble. I mean, if they would have had a better perform, a better outing against K-State, we wouldn't be talking about Oklahoma State as a bubble team. They'd likely be solidifying a lock, uh, uh, solidifying their status for the NCAA tournament, whereas now they're going to have to uh, try as hard as they can to uh, beat a, a real hot Bay Baylor team on Monday. So Oklahoma State just... It just looked as if they faltered at the end. But uh, Keela Boone, man, yeah, he is. It was not an easy matchup for K State inside when having to deal with him. Yeah, he was. He was a tough matchup to be fair. But to be fair, you know, Musa Cisse, who for some reason I thought watching the game was more of like you know a tougher matchup, but he was a total non-factor in this game. So it was mm -hmm. great to be able to shut at least one of their bigs down and kind of stop it on there. It was interesting kind of during the broadcast, they kept bringing up Oklahoma state's resume and that, you know, they have four quad one wins, which is, you know, more than Gonzaga. And I think St. Mary's, you know, some of like the, the mid majors, I think more than Houston. Definitely um, more than North Carolina. 
Yeah, with a whopping. Did they, I'm guessing they didn't win against Virginia. I didn't see. No, they they, they beat Virginia. Oh, okay. That so one. one. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just had to bring that up because I I was ranting on it on on Colby's show on Thursday, but it, it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, a, a team with zero quad one wins, who's still they're still like on the bubble, which is just kind of crazy. Which just speaks to the conference. I mean, you have a team like Arizona State who just hit them, they, they hit a you know, half court oh, shot to be yes. Arizona. Holy cow. But I mean, I was just like, they're 19 and nine. And I think they're still, they still have to play their way into the tournament. I think they're still on the outside looking in. Yeah, they're, they're on the outside looking in. They, they have a few bad losses in the patch wall. And really, it's just like comparing some of these teams on the bubble, especially in the big 12, when you're having Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and even Oklahoma, I mean, they're under 500, but they got plenty of quad one wins from Big 12 play, whereas you're looking at Arizona State, which while they have a better record overall, they don't necessarily have the wins except for that Arizona game. That was pretty badass. Uh, <laughs> they were not able to they were not able to fully back them up uh, during Pac-12 play. Um, but for Oklahoma State, but but the destiny is still in the Cowboys hands. But um, I mean, they got Baylor on Monday and. and now it now all of a sudden it's a it's a must win um it's not um and on top of that they're probably going to have to make some pretty uh, a pretty decent run in kansas city uh during the big 12 tournament as well yeah they host baylor and then they're at texas tech for their last two games so definitely gonna have to make something happen there they're <laughs> there are i think there have been very few you know 16 and 13 teams in history that are still being they're still put in the ncaa tournament which just speaks to the the strength of the Big 12. So for the K-State side with this win, we're now 22 and 7, 10 and 6 in conference play. So guarantee a winning record in conference play for the first time since, you know, 2018-2019. Doing a lot of things. It seems like every time it's the first time since 2018-2019 for pretty <laughs> much everything cuz that's, you know, the last time we did anything relevant. Um so really just really great. I don't think we'll ever be able to sneak our way into a one seed at all, but I think we're still, we're sitting really pretty on the two seed line right now. Obviously, John, uh, we could, you know, move into what's kind of coming up next for K-State this Wednesday uh, playing Oklahoma. It's senior night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of an unorthodox senior night. I think it's something college basketball teams are getting used to, but not on the scale that, you know, teams like K-State have it where, you know, <laughs> we've only seen the majority of these seniors for one year in the case of Marquise Noel, uh, two years. But you're playing Oklahoma at home. Um, our seniors are Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, Desi Sills, Abayami Igiola, Tyke Green, and Nate Aubrey. So obviously sending off a lot of great guys. Um, you only seen them for a year, but obviously they're still going to be remembered. I mean, Keontae Johnson's going to be up there with the, you know, oh, Michael yeah. Beasley. It's one of the, you know, uh, well, it's not a traditional one and done, but you know, for yeah. a guy who played one year at K state, I think he's still, he's made a tremendous mark and he's going to be remembered for a long time. Well, not, I mean, well, for Marquise Noel's sakes, I mean, you could have asked for a better opponent to close yeah. things out on because, I mean, what 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 is he now? 0-3 against Oklahoma during his time in Manhattan? I mean, what better way would it be uh, to close things out uh, to get your first win over the Sooners as well? I can't believe I'm saying that. We should have beaten Oklahoma and Norman. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, but you mentioned the, the seeding as well. 
before this three game stretch, K State was not was not really in the conversation to finish in the top eight. I mean, it looked as if K State was starting to become more uh, towards the four seed and the borderline five seed, just with some of the bad losses K State has taken. Um, but you know, once when you beat the likes of Baylor at home, Iowa State, well, Iowa State, geez, they've fallen off, but Iowa State when they were uh, ranked high, and then. You get a big 12 road win as well in, in, in Stillwater, not the easiest play to play, but still um, you, you're able to get out of there with a win. Uh, now we're talking about a different scenario, which K-State's likely around the two seed, which could really help out in terms of uh, the locations, the, the location factor for March Madness as well. And uh, whether you're leaning towards Des Moines or Denver, uh, it's not like you're going to be, uh, it's not your, it's not like you're going to be in the back having to uh, find out where you're going to play, uh, whether it's like a location like Orlando or Albany uh, as well. So just some of those seating implications as well that I take a notice as well. But hitting uh, down of a stretch, I mean, you mentioned it, senior day, I mean, senior day against Oklahoma and a long haul trip to Morgantown, West Virginia to end the year against another desperate team who's looking for a big win uh, in West Virginia as well. So to me, the... It, well, actually, I'll just say this from a Big Twelve perspective. To me, it's this this week is not focused towards the it's it's not more of the top twenty five matches matchups, but it's going to be more of okay, how many teams are going to get into the to the NCAA tournament out of the Big Twelve? Uh, so it's it's going to be it's going to be a wild week, Blake. It's going to be a wild week. Yeah, it's always a wild week in the Big 12. And it was this past Saturday, because not only was K-State Oklahoma State a great tightly contested game, but there were it seems almost every game in the Big 12 was tightly contested and just, you know, coming down to the wire. Um, let's start out with one of those games. Uh our friends from Lawrence, the Kansas Jayhawks, barely pulled out a 76 to 74 win over West Virginia. Uh, they Eric Stevens had, had a great game. He's just been going off for West Virginia, yeah. but, but what, this game came down to the wire. KU was so close to just absolutely blowing this game. They turn it over on an inbounds to make it a one point game. Jalen Wilson misses a free throw, so they're down two. But West Virginia does not have a good last position of the game, and they lose seventy six to seventy four. Uh, you know, cl- classic KU just finding a way to win. Man, I mean, just coupled uh, with that, uh, with the Texas loss earlier today, KU's now one game up above Texas. But um, what is it? They build an eight-point lead midway through the second half, and they were uh, they were barely able to hold on to it in the finish line. But they were certainly having to fight for it. Uh, uh, following an identical two-point lead at halftime as well, they were up. Uh, what was it? Thirty-five, uh, thirty-three. But all five starters. Finishing double figures for KU. Uh, Juwan Harris is playing a lot better basketball lately. Grady Dick had a had a great outing. Same goes for Kevin McCullough, KJ Adams, and of course, I mean Jalen Wilson as well. But um, just a devastating loss for West Virginia. I mean, if they, I mean, they'd be kind of in the same scenario with Oklahoma State if they had the big win, uh, especially in Lawrence of all places. If they were able to get that one done. Um, and they they would not be in any conversations in regards to the bubble as well. But um, the Jayhawks also out, outshot the Mountaineers. Uh, they were they they had a fifty four percent shooting uh shooting perform performance. Um, um, but the Mount uh the Mountaineers also won the rebound battle. So just really similar 
just kind of back and forth in terms of a statistics, but um, it all comes down to one play and, and West Virginia faltered in the final seconds. Yeah, let's go to that Baylor-Texas game that you were talking about. Because, I mean, first of all, you know, Baylor picks up the win 81-72. to uh, Very impressive. But let's hope Keontae George is okay. He suffered an ankle injury early on in this game. But Jalen Bridges stepped up big in his place. And then Dale Bonner and Langston Love off the bench for the Bears were both in double figures. A really big victory over Texas. This really helps out K-State because... K-State and Baylor actually now, they're both one game out of the two seed with Texas. And Texas has got a tough last two games, John. They have to play TCU in Fort Worth, and then they host KU. So a tough two games that they're going to have to win both of. Um, So there's a possibility that maybe K-State can sneak into the two seed for the Big 12 tournament. It is very possible. I mean, just looking at the Baylor and Texas game, it looked like, uh, Texas was gonna just cruise. I mean, they were uh they were up eighteen to four to start the game, um, but then Baylor just flipped the switch all of a sudden, and Scott Drew, as uh, Scott Drew's squad went on a twenty five to nine run to take the halftime lead, uh, and they haven't really looked back. Um, uh, we I hope nothing for the be- I hope uh I wish for nothing but the best for Keontae uh Keontae George, um, but all of that seemed to do was co- uh coincide with Baylor's incredible run I mean they buried the Longhorns uh in the second half Bridges had 17 Dale Bonner uh he had 13 points and uh Langston Love also had 11 points as well so some of the other uh backup key contributors for Baylor starting to step up as well and for Texas I mean uh it would if you're Brent if you're saying that Dylan DeSue um was your top guy I mean that's not necessarily the best thing to to come in the to come into play as well. You got to have some other step up like Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, uh, Serge Jabari Rice. They, they finished, uh, they, they finished with double figures, but uh, they gotta, they gotta do more to st- uh, step up in terms of the offensive output. Let's go to Oklahoma, Iowa state. Now you mentioned it. Iowa state has been really struggling as of late. And you know, we said on our show on Friday, we thought, you no, know, Iowa state's back at home, you know, be able to kind of get it together and beat the worst team in the big 12. Well, they couldn't even do that. Their offense has just been really struggling as of late. They only managed to put up 50 points in this game and lose to the Sooners, 61 to 50. They shot 31% from the field in this game, John. They are they are really just limping to the finish line <laughs> towards the end of the season. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they, they shot 31% from the field. I mean, not, that, not just from three, uh, but that's from overall the field. I mean, that is... That is very, very bad. For every shot Iowa State made, they missed the next three or four shots. I mean, they got bullied in the inside by the Groves brothers. Uh, I'm I, I I'm as well as one of the adopted Grove brothers as well. Um, uh, they don't. I mean, really, the, the Grove brothers they don't really scream tough bullies. Well, maybe maybe Tanner Groves a little bit, but. Um, they look more like Bill Walton's grandsons. I mean, who who are taking the uh, uh what the next bus stop to, to next bus trip to Woodstock or something? Uh, they they out rebounded uh Iowa State thirty nine to twenty seven. Um, it was just an abysmal. It was just an abysmal performance overall. I mean, what, what when you really take out Caleb Grill out of the equation, it's just a hot mess uh for Iowa State. 
Yeah, that's it's just uh, yeah. Caleb Grill's got a nagging back injury that's really been bothering him for a while, and that really makes it tough for them. So let's move on to the final Big Twelve game on Saturday. Uh, TCU Texas Tech. This one was a really close game. Uh, TCU was up for most of the game, but then Texas Tech at one point they go on an eighteen to five run to make it a close game. They actually take the lead near the very end of the game thanks to a layup by Davion Harmon. But TCU gets fouled. They make both free throws, and they're barely just able to sneak by with a win, eighty-three to eighty-two. Man, I, I I just remember the Tech game now. I mean, you have Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Texas Tech yeah. uh, all falling the same day. So the bubble teams uh, definitely took a head overall. But uh, just just hectic drama in Lubbock. I I didn't tune into the first minute or two of the case of Oklahoma State game because I I wanted to watch the ending of that one. But uh, Jacoby Coles for TCU. I mean, he solidified the game with two free throws. Uh, he had 15 points of a horn frogs, not a bad outing for him. TCU also shot 48% and they survived a, an, an 18 to five run by Texas tech as well. Um, and especially in a, in a difficult atmosphere, uh, like the United supermarkets arena, a place in which TCU hasn't won since 2015 as well. Um, it, it was, it's a big win for TCU. They needed that. Uh, they needed it desperately. Mike Miles stepped up with 24 points. Um, and Joe, Joe Lenardi of ESPN pointed out as well that the Red Raiders loss today would damage Texas Tech's tournament chances by 10%. Uh, they're now kind of on the bo- bottom portion of the next four out. So they really got to step up here in the last few games. Yeah, they got to win some games and then hope for some other teams to lose some games as well. So let's finish out the show, John. Uh, pivoting back to some K-State sports. Let's talk. Unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about any wins here. Let's talk about women's basketball. They headed to Morgantown, took on West Virginia that uh, Saturday. Um, They fell 67 to 58. They still have yet to win a true road game this season. Uh, This game, they just, it was kind of over before it even started. I mean, West Virginia outscores K-State in the first quarter, 23 to nine. You don't really even give yourself a chance to win a road game if you're going to be down 14 at the end of the first quarter. Um, so just well, a well, really tough uh, game. On top of that, I mean, yeah, you had nine turnovers in the first quarter. Nine turnovers in the first quarter. I mean, you just can't have those type of numbers, uh, especially when playing on the road. Um, but they were able to rally back. What was it, a 19-point? Yeah, 19-point deficit um, to square the game in the fourth quarter. But – um, it just wasn't enough, and it just for road road struggles continue for K State. But uh, I'll admit, Serena Sundell, she's playing a lot better lately. Twenty one points, uh, forces for rebounds, and she also had uh two block shots as well. Um, I mean, I, I was not expecting her to go off against KU when it came to the defensive pressure she was providing. Uh, well, I mean, well, in terms of a guard position, yeah. But in terms of a blocking, in terms of a blocking game that she has, I was just, I was, I was completely surprised that she came away with two against West Virginia. Um, I believe uh, it was uh, her second twenty-point game of a week as well. She scored twenty-four against KU, so um, good, uh, good outings. But unfortunately, those are just kind of, those are going to be kind of wasted just uh, with with the results that they speak for themselves. Yeah, another loss. They fall to 16 and 13, now 5 and 11 in Big 12 play. 
and they will take the road to face Oklahoma and Norman on Wednesday, and then they will have their senior night against Texas this Saturday, March 4th. Uh, let's move on to some baseball, John. Um, the Batcats were in Round Rock, Texas this weekend for the Round Rock Classic. Uh, they lost all three of the games uh, to number one ranked LSU, Sam Houston in Iowa. So after a 4-0 start sweeping Stephen F. Austin, uh, they've now lost four in a row and are four and four. Um, the most heartbreaking of these losses, John, was just today against Iowa. Yeah. Um, game was tied at five in the top of the ninth and then Keaton Annie. Keaton Anthony, excuse me, goes yard, make it six to five. Cats were unable to respond. Um, so really tough to, you know, you didn't really do that great in the preseason tournament in the preseason tournament last year. And, you know, not at winning any games in Round Rock, Texas. Um, pretty heartbreaking. Um, hopefully they can, you know, kind of get it together, get a win against Omaha this Tuesday before they host their first home game this season. It looked as if K-State was going to be uh, – it looked as if they were able to respond in the second uh, – in, in the second uh, – well, the rest of the game, what, what would it be? Like the, the final five innings of the game, K-State just looked as if they were going to capitalize. Um, Brandon Jones had some, had a really good outing. Uh, Dom Hughes um, was able to bring Brandon Jones in for another run as well. But um, just, hey, just a lot of defensive mis- misuses – um down with stretch and those are eventually going to cost you in Iowa I mean I mean Iowa I mean they may have lost to Sam Houston down in Round Rock but at the same time they beat LSU uh just the day before so I mean they I mean that was a big win for them they finished uh the classic 2-0 but it, it it's a killer for K-State it looked as if case it looked as if um it was a strong 4-0 start you beat Stephen F. Austin all four times um have been eventually you just lose four consecutive you lose to a pretty good lamar team uh number one lsu a pretty good iowa team and i guess i suppose a pretty good sam houston team as well um so i it was just ultimately uh very disappointing uh and now we uh now we gotta turn the turn around um and play Omaha, man. I, well, I gotta tell you, but traveling is just absurd for for baseball because I mean, you spend ten days in Texas, then you come back to Manhattan, and then one day later, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to drive up to Omaha, Nebraska, and what should be a pretty chilly day of baseball. But I'm not a meteorologist; I, I'm not too sure about the what to expect in Omaha. So, um, disappointing outing and. Uh, uh, in the second week down in the Lone Star State, but hopefully the Cats can turn it around on Tuesday. Yeah, they've got a lot. I mean, you mentioned that big road trip to Texas, traveling all around, and then they're spending four or five days in Cali again in the middle of the season. Um, hopefully we'll have some better weather um, for March 3rd, uh, the 4th, 5th, and 6th for an alternating two-game uh, series with Army and Stonehill. Um, you know, you play Army and then the next day you play Stonehill, you know, alternating series. Hopefully that makes sense. But yeah. uh make sure to come out and support the cats at Stoughton Family Stadium. Hopefully it'll be uh good weather. Hopefully we're starting to get there, even though I just saw that there's gonna be a big thunderstorm coming through Topeka, like the whole northeast Kansas area tonight. Oh jeez, um, dude. I mean they, the <laughs> weather uh, down southwest Kansas, I mean that stuff. There was like two or three confirmed tornadoes nearby Dodge City, and 
uh, it was kind of around Dodge City. Like it wasn't in like inside Dodge City, but it was like around Dodge City. It, it was pretty weird. I mean, you also had Pratt, Kansas, also take uh, also dealing with some storms as well. So, uh, well, I mean, it's we're getting near the spring, folks. I mean, with with the spring comes not just more baseball, but uh, more harsh weather conditions. Uh, I'm, I'm, all I'm hoping for is that we don't have to deal with any of the, any of the, uh, late night work, uh, midweek games, uh, like we did with Northern Colorado last year when, what, what was it? We had two rain delays, uh, and we, we were just stuck inside the West stadium center. Um, and, and one of the graphic operators, what, uh, Matt Smith, he said, uh, what, what better time to spend on a mid, uh, on a, uh, during, during the week than, uh, late night in the football stadium is is just oh my gosh that's just brutal but uh you know it's it's Kansas I mean it, it you got to be expecting some of the weather at times to occur and you just gotta I, I you gotta just kind of recover right right after the storm starts hitting and uh once when that happens and you just gotta turn around I, I I'm not I'm, I'm not too big in terms of a uh, weather baseball stuff and all but yeah yeah. You know, the weather on Sunday today as we're recording this was pretty nice. It was like the 50s. Oh, it was great here. Milwaukee was great, but um, probably not going to continue that, of course. But hopefully it'll be nicer in a couple weeks at least, and we can start actually, you know, putting on some shorts and getting out of our seasonal depression. So I think that's going to do it for us here uh, tonight. Uh, we'll be back this Friday live on Wildcat 91.9 from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. to talk all things K-State sports, so make sure you're there for that. Follow us on Twitter at ChickenBlake785. Follow the podcast and leave a review. And Casper90. Casper90. Man, it's beautiful.